This is a Hoff Studios podcast. Maura? Hi! Maura <laughs> Roosevelt! I'm so happy to see you. Oh my gosh. It's Roosevelt. It's not Roosevelt, right? It is. Yes. Rose. Okay. Yes. <laughs> Maura Roosevelt and I dated uh, roommates when we were freshmen <laughs> in college at NYU until up until you I mean you were on and off again with Dave for a oh, while yes, best really. friends the whole thing <laughs> right. um this was 20 years ago so we can laugh at it 20 years okay? ago this was 20 years ago I mean nearly 20 years okay mm-hmm. that's crazy that's and uh then you moved from NYU to Harvard right I did. I yeah. like I lost touch with you for a long time no. until crazy enough. And I'm wearing this shirt because I wore this shirt while I did um skirts and ladders, which your husband was the DP on. Yes, I know. How crazy is that? So I did I, I mean I did this, you know, web series that was so cute and so well done. And um the director of photography was Josh Fisher yeah who is your <laughs> lovely talented husband and so I just started following you on Instagram and I haven't seen you I think I haven't seen you in like 19 years I so it is I, such unreal. a joy it's such a joy but I feel like I still know you to be honest <laughs> like I, I mean, feel like and you know the funny thing is Josh um Josh was like you know he tells me about his projects and so he was telling me about um, about the, the skirts and ladders, skirts and ladders, and he and he was like, yeah, um, someone named Daniela is the the actress and the and did you write it also? Did I you? I produced it like it was conceived okay. by it was like you know created by me and uh, a very talented writer Diana Snyder, but yeah. I didn't. Write okay, it. cool, yeah, and I was like, shut up, no. <laughs> 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 and you're like still jo- one of Josh and I's favorite people, even though I haven't seen you in person in how long? <laughs> uh, so long. I also like comment on maybe all of your Instagram oh, posts. I just love your family so much. Uh, you know what? You know what really bonded me actually more to you guys was this experience. I didn't realize that Josh also was a, a grandchild of Holocaust survivors. Yes. Uh-huh. Oh my yeah. God. Yeah. And then knowing your family history, like what? Very weird. Like a lot was happening with both of our families during those years. <laughs> Actually, I don't know. I don't know that the audience knows that you are a Roosevelt, right? Like, so like FDR yeah. is like a guy in your life. <laughs> he He's my great grandfather. He was. So he's your great grandfather. And so like he was, you know, around during yeah. World War Two. And like That's for right. me, I was like, I can't even handle that this is. A, a union, a family, <laughs> two little babies made of this like world history. I don't know. That's how it, yeah. does it feel like that on the inside? Um, it's kind of it's it's it is sort of like an interesting thing. And you know, Josh's grandfather, Alan Fisher, was um, alive until two years ago, and right. so he was. I knew him very well. He knew my my older son, um, and he. He walked away from, he escaped from the Holocaust. Um, and he was just probably the most amazing person I've ever met in my life. Just a true hero. Meanwhile, uh, your your great-grandfather was FDR. But yes, yeah, so that's like a very high compliment. So. I, think, I think that meant a lot to him. I think, mm. I mean, they... Um, they emigrated here. They lived in Israel um, when when Josh's father was young, and then they moved here to the Bronx and then to Brooklyn, and um, just made a, a, an entire new life for themselves. And so um, it was. It, I think it was an interesting thing for him that his mm. grandson um, was connected to to the Roosevelt family. So it's so special. Yeah. Yeah. Is that a is that a weird thing? Like you just like were born into this to, like lineage that you're like I didn't do anything. Like yeah. I didn't have anything to do with it. Totally, totally weird. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you are magnificent in your own right. You um, well, I I I like. There's so many magnificences about you. You're a professor, is that right? I am. Yeah, I teach writing. Um, I'm teaching at Harvard at the moment. Beautiful. Is yeah. it creative writing? 
I do both creative writing and essay writing. Um, and I actually love teaching them both equally. Uh, we are, we're moving to, we're, mo- we're, we're leaving the Boston area. Um, oh. So we're gonna go spend a little time in California and then try to figure out where we're going. So I won't be teaching in Harvard for that long. But. You guys have been bopping around a bit, huh? We have, it's crazy. Yeah. I know, we're New Yorkers in our hearts. So we're going yeah. to return to New York at some point. Good. I'll give um, you a good big hug when that happens. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Maybe we could hang out by Weinstein, actually. Oh my God. In the West Village. That would be, village. Great. That would be that. bizarre and awesome all at once. <laughs> but did Josh go to NYU? He did. Josh was the year above us, actually. Um, that's nice. where I met him. He was in Tish Film, so. No. He was. Right, yeah. because those those two roommates that we were dating in yeah. freshman year were also filmmakers. That was a really cute crew. I mean. It, it was very cute. I and by the way, everyone at Hoff Studios, like yeah. all the young, really talented people are all NYU film kids. Really? Because oh, like. Oh, that's amazing. Because they're, they're really great. And they are really great. It's true. You know, when we were at when we were at NYU, I never actually felt comfortable talking to you about like there was a whisper like, oh, you know, she's like a Roosevelt Roosevelt. And I didn't like know. I actually didn't really know what they were talking about because like I just didn't yeah. really pay Neither attention to American history. <laughs> Neither did you. Yeah. But like, <clears throat> I wonder what that meant for you on the inside, because like for me, I was just like, I didn't I don't I, I can't. She's just a gal. Yeah. You talk about these two, like, boys, you know, that's all. Right. But what what is that experience for you on the inside? And is there, like, any pressure to talk on the subject? I know yeah. that your book is, is loosely based on this um, sort of query, right? What yeah. is it like to be a part of an American dynasty? Yeah, my, my book is... Um, it's sort of more based on my dad's family, like um, sort of the the um, the personal side of my dad's family. My grandfather was married four times, um, and many of his siblings were also married four or five times, um, and so that kind of created just like a strange lifestyle. There's a lot of Roosevelts because of it. <laughs> There's wow. big families. Um, wow. So I was always fascinated by that, but actually, my I my parents are just like the most down to earth people in the world. Um, my mom is from Boston, and like you know, Boston Irish family, and so kind of grew up with like this good sort of solid, like my parental units being like you know. So you have this weird thing. You're not that special. Everybody right. has weird things. Just for the record, you're not that special. <laughs> exactly. Okay, and mom. I appreciate that. I really do. Like, oh, you I did? Mean, I mean, at the time, I was kind of a little probably uncomfortable with the whole idea growing up. But now I appreciate it because um, they gave us, like, you know, we they, we have a, I think from our the Roosevelt side, we have, like, a lot of sort of, like, tradition of like helping and almost all of Mm. me and all of my cousins um my Mm. first cousin we do we try to do helping jobs service yeah (laughs) yeah but um but other than that I do I did appreciate the kind of um the sort of empathy for everyone's born into different situations you happen to be born into this situation Mm. that's the way it is (laughs) I like that I like that a lot um so part of the reason why I wanted to have you on, besides the fact that, like, I really am excited to just catch up with you. Me too. Um, <laughs> I really am. Um, is because um, I've been following your daughter's journey. Yes. You know, you've been chronicling it on Instagram like you do. <laughs> yes. um, but you're a writer and a mother <laughs> of two. Mm-hmm. And yes. so, you know, as an old friend, it was really special to watch Una... Yes. come Thanks. into this world it, a year ago now right yeah a year ago uh, almost yeah a, a year and two months so mm-hmm. she and she's how, how, how many months premature was she she was two and a half like a little over two and a half months premature wow yeah. so like really early <laughs> she really, was 30, so really early mm-hmm. um and I wanted to share it with the mom curious crowd because I think I don't know anything about the premature mm. experience from a baby perspective or from a mom perspective. Mm. And I know a lot of parents and mm-hmm. um, I, I loved watching Una thrive um, and like be loved, so loved through your eyes. And I just wanted to offer 
the listener that that delicious uh, experience of your storytelling and of your your motherhood. So, Thank if you could tell us a little bit about about Una, that would be so cool. Yeah, absolutely. So Una, um, uh, so Una was born at thirty weeks premature. She um, she wow. is. Um, I'll just skip ahead and mm. say that she is now. Um, She's now, she'll be a year corrected or adjusted, as they say, um, on April 10th. And she is walking and talking and just blowing everyone away. Um, it is truly amazing to see because um, she was born at three pounds and um, was in the hospital for over three months. So um, she was in the hospital for 81 days altogether in the NICU. Wow. So that's in the middle of a pandemic, like really <laughs> in the middle, middle, middle of it. Yes. Um, and I had a, a three-year-old um, at home um, who had who was two when she was born and turned three while she was in the hospital. Wow. Um, so it was quite a time, as you can imagine. I mean, I um, only got to like read little snippets and... Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It was... Um, so the pregnancy was not not uneventful it was um my my i have a, a now four-year-old son and the pregnancy with him was completely totally fine um and so una i had some bleeding um with una around week seven or eight mm. and um so i went to many many doctors <laughs> and um and it was a scary time but actually i i knew almost nothing about pregnancy complications or about premature births at all beforehand and one of the things they told me was like yes you're now considered high risk but the fact that you had a full-term healthy baby um the first time means we're not that worried you'll probably have one again and so i said okay <laughs> i'll take that <laughs> great and um i also realized that this is probably like total like privilege thing, but I'm someone that does not expect the worst to happen. Mm -hmm. So I just assumed like, even if something a little bit rough happened, something very bad would not happen. Right. <laughs> and, and so I'm trying to reckon with that now. Um, but is that, is that not the case for you now after this really big ordeal? Well, yeah, I think it's not the case. I think, I think I've had like a real awakening um i mean it's also to... called ptsd right right <laughs> that's true awakening, that's... ptsd it's never one thing <laughs> same thing yes um but i do think that i mean obviously i went back over every after this happened i went back over every single part of my pregnancy and said like what if i had done this what if i had done right. that yeah and it's not your um, fault just for the record thank you yeah. <laughs> thank yeah. you so um so i but I do think, like, I didn't, ex like, they, people told me it was probably going to be fine. And I just said, okay, it's probably going to be fine. Like, <laughs> like I bought right. it. Um, right. So uh, my, my water broke at, um, it actually broke at 24 weeks and one day. Wow. Um, that is one month after the, the scan, right? So at 20 weeks, you have that big scan. You're like, oh, everything's intact and everything's moving forward and yes. limbs and eyeballs and nose and check, check, All check. That. And then a month okay. later. And then a month later in the middle of the night, um, I woke up and my, um, and my, like, I felt like I'd peed myself. Um, yeah. Because your water broke. Because my water broke. And it, actually, my water broke with my first child, so I knew what it felt like. Um, and I went and, um, it broke with him uh, six days after I was due. Um, and then I went into labor, but, <laughs> but, um, but so when I woke up in the middle of the night, 24 weeks, I called the doctor. I said, I think my water broke. I went into at like three in the morning. I like went into the, um, to the, uh, labor and delivery where I was supposed to deliver at the hospital and they said I was fine and oh. they the doctor did a test it was like a male doctor 
And he told me I was probably peeing myself. <laughs> wow, that's, wow. Yeah, so. But uh, you felt like you had, your water broke because you knew what it felt like to have your water break? I did, but then again, I was like, okay, I guess I'm wrong. And, and um, I'm, I guess I'm peeing. My, I mean, it's my second pregnancy. I'm, I don't feel as good this pregnancy like maybe weird things are happening with my body right no I, I i felt i felt the same way i mean i think it has so much to do with like oh you are the authority mm-hmm. i just happen to live here in my body i'm just, <laughs> just taking up residence and you're the boss and you know weird, weird. Yeah. yeah yeah you definitely know what's happening inside me right totally weird and um like at that point so so i went back home and it was like right before the holidays and it was COVID and I was supposed to see my family for the first time in like, you know, a year or something, <laughs> nine months. And so I was kind of like, la, 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 it's fine. Everything's fine. I'm fine. Um, and then I went like two weeks later, I went again to have it checked because I was like, it was like happening like periodically. And I was like, this is not right. Um, sorry, this is a little graphic but <laughs> give me give me all the gory details okay give it okay. to me unless yeah. you don't want to give it to me oh no i'm happy i'm i'm beyond that i i like to talk about it all now good as you should good yes. so for I, the greater uh, good yes so yes yeah, so i went back in uh, again second time they said no problem you're i don't know why this is happening but it's your water didn't break and then finally oh. I know. And then finally at 27 weeks, like three weeks later, I went back in um, at like 8 p.m. Um, it was like I said, like, good night to my uh, my then two year old. And I and I went into my like ho- like hospital in um, like the smaller hospital by my house where I was supposed to deliver. The doctor did say that I that my water had broken and then they like transferred me by ambulance to um to a more in to a bigger hospital in Boston, um, amazing hospital, Brigham Women's, and they, and I then I was on the antepartum floor there for three weeks, like waiting, like being monitored all the time, um, wow. waiting to see if I would go into labor. Wow, so. were you just laying down the whole time because you couldn't? Move, move? Sort of like they oh. don't do strict bed rest anymore. I guess oh. like almost ever they think it's good for for pregnant women to get up and like move their bodies. But um, but mm. yeah, but um, I was basically like too afraid to move, <laughs> so I was sitting there in the hospital like this for three weeks. Like I not think that's sleeping. called fight. Yeah, fight, <laughs> fight, fight, flight, or freeze. Right. Right. So yeah. That's the freeze exactly. mode of the the. Totally. Yeah. yeah. So, um, so it was a very strange time and I'm like still close with the other women that were on the antepartum floor with me because we couldn't have any visitors because it was COVID. So there was like six of us there and we were, we became like a little, a little crew. It was great. Oh my gosh. Can you please write a screenplay about this? (laughs) Wow. Just those six women. I want to know everything about them. I know. Josh I mean, when, I when was the last time you ever like hung out with six women for three full weeks? Exactly. It was boarding what school. We learned. We yeah. I guess. <laughs> I guess if you went to boarding school, I mean, as you can imagine, we got like, we got into it like really quickly. <laughs> yeah. I know a lot about them. Yeah. <laughs> Let's just say, I cut you off. You said Josh and I. What? You, you just oh, said- we were just. Um, we were. Like we totally want to write um, like a like a, a com like a feature length film comedy about the NICU. Um, we're just like I'm here for it. Yeah, yeah, that's our plan. So. I can't wait. <laughs> that is this why you're going to LA? Because I'm signing off on it. Cool. Maybe. maybe. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So you're there. You're like frozen in your bed for three weeks. What is the antepartum floor? So, that we're um, going to watch a movie all about? Yes. <laughs> um, so antepartum, I guess, means before birth. And it is where they stick pregnant ladies if uh, you need to be hospitalized waiting for your child to be born for for various reasons. So um, a lot of the women that were on the antepartum floor with me at the time I was there 
also had their, their water had also broken, which the the medical term is P-prom. I never would have known this. Um, premature rupture of something membranes. Um, Nothing to do with P. Uh, no. <laughs> Funny enough, no. Okay. Um, yeah, but also um, a lot of people end up on the antepartum floor if um, they have preeclampsia or high blood pressure. Um, What's those preeclampsia? Are, preeclampsia is, um, I be, I, I'm not super familiar, but I believe it's when the mother has, the, the pregnant woman has um, high blood pressure that can be very... Um, dangerous for both her and the baby so right. um they have to be monitored wow. quite closely wow yeah. i'm uh laura just chimed in and asked like what are the scans like and i bet that the listener would be really curious to know just that you know it it takes the reason why their first you know scan when you get pregnant is around six weeks is because it takes a while for your heartbeat to develop so that's mm-hmm. the first one that's a big sort of milestone where you're like oh this is a viable pregnancy i should you know get ready to have a baby or like <laughs> like really embrace this experience and not be in denial um and then like you could get monthly scans most people do at this point they're not like absolutely necessary i'm sure in covid they were flexible about that is that true mm-hmm. Yeah, they actually requested to only do them every six weeks or so unless you had a problem. And so I actually requested to have them a little bit more frequently. Mm -hmm. Um, But they, yeah, they they took a few away during COVID. So, you know, I had a miscarriage before I had my first son, my my, my only Mm -hmm. son, my (laughs) Ness. Um, And so, like, I was, like, really nervous. So I would get two scams a month. Like, just, like, checking on the heartbeat, just, like, still in there, still in there, still in there. Um, But, like, that's not necessary. And some people actually think it's pretty intrusive. So, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. Who knows? Um, But but an important scan is the 20-week scan, which we already discussed. It's, like, you know, you go to, like, a a more high-tech facility, and they just really go deep in there, and they make sure that everything is kosher with the baby. Is that called the anatomy scan? Danielle? I think it's called the anatomy scan. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So anyway, okay. there's another test around the around 20 weeks. And mm-hmm. I'm, I'm sorry that I don't know exactly the time um, for uh, gestational diabetes. So you, you drink a really sugary drink. They mm-hmm. check your body to see how it metabolizes. If it's metabolizing as if you have diabetes, um, you go on a strict diet and they monitor you a little bit more. And if you, you know, are just metabolizing it like you normally would, then you just go off on your way. So those are like the, the big milestones, I would say. Yeah. Um, and so now we're finding you at week 27. Yes. Yes. Antipartum. <laughs> In on the antepartum floor, um, in the hospital in Boston, um, and I, uh, um, I grew up in Boston, and I, we we had only moved back here, um, like during the pandemic was like a pandemic move, um, a few months um, beforehand in like September, and Boston has fantastic hospitals, and I was just so so grateful to be here um, and to have my family around to take care of my other child. And it was like, I feel like whenever, I'm sure I'm not the only one that has done this, but I feel like, you know, if you have a baby in distress or a soon to be baby that's sick, you start to have kind of mystical thinking and you're like, you know, there's a reason why this happened. There's a reason why that happened. And I was like, there's a reason why I was in Boston. Like they're, (laughs) they're taking care of the rest of, of you know my family and we're in the best place and you know I just felt like very blessed to to be there yeah mm-hmm. wow yeah. you also had a lot of time to put those connections oh, together oh lots of time <laughs> lots of time all the time in the world I was just staring at the window couldn't even really watch movies I was like yeah. um yeah, so people kept being like, are you getting writing done? And I was like, ah, no. <laughs> no, no, I'm like breathing in and breathing out. Give me a medal. Yeah. Um, so so usually um, the due date is usually at 40 weeks. 
I, I went all the way to 42. That's like the max you can go before they're like, I'm taking this baby out because like things are starting to rot in there. Right. Yep. Um, so you stayed in the antepartum floor in the hospital for three weeks. So we're at 30 weeks now. Yeah. What happened? Yep. Um, and then so I went into labor um, and like my body just went into labor and I was bleeding a lot. And so I guess bodies do that. If you are bleeding a lot, they have your uterus has like a um, they they want to your body wants to help you. And so they want to get the right. thing that is that is making that is hurting you out of the body so it goes into labor wow. um so i went into labor once and they actually gave me medication to stop it um and then um it's like this crazy situation where you're if you're on the antepartum floor they like send you down to labor and delivery if there's like the slightest chance that you might go into labor so it was actually the third time that i had been down in on to the labor and delivery floor since i got there and they pump you full of drugs and they actually give you magnesium, um, which protects the baby's brain when they're born. So it's this amazing thing. Um, they give you an IV drip of magnesium, but it makes your body feel like you're on fire. <laughs> so I, I take wait, I take magnesium to like go to sleep at night. Yeah, exactly. Um, magnesium is not like high food. doses, I guess. But right. And then when you they pump it into your veins, it makes it and so all of these women like you know, like, you'd be like, like something, some little thing would happen, I don't know, bleeding, whatever, and they'd have to tell the nurse, and they'd be like, please don't send me to labor deliver. please don't send me to labor, oh my God. because it was this really painful experience. Um, that being said, thank God for, for that, because it protects the baby's, um, you know, neurological development, so, um, yeah, so I went into labor, they stopped it, and then I went into the labor again the next day, and they were like, uh, we can't stop it. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> yeah. I get it. Yeah, they're like, this baby wants to come out. Um, she's coming out. So, um, so then she, I, I, they, they gave me, I think gave me Pitocin, um, which is a drug to kind of like push the labor along. And she was born. She, they asked me if I wanted to have a C-section and I actually had an emergency C-section with my first, and I was planning to have a planned C-section with Una when she, when I thought she was going to be born full term, um, but I didn't because I was already in labor, and they were like, you know, you're already in labor, labor. it'll be an easier recovery if you don't have a C-section, and um, and true? so I had like a like a, a natural birth, as they say, and um, or and vaginal birth. I like to call it a birth, vaginal birth because. Preferred What's term. not natural about exactly. any type of birth? Totally. But okay. Totally. Okay. Yes, I was planning to have a, a um, I wanted to have a, a C-section and not a V-back, which is when you have a um, a vaginal birth after a C-section. But it ended up for me being actually like a, a better birth than with my yeah. with my first. So well, like three pounds. I mean, Una, girl, yeah. thank you. It was not exactly. Thanks. And also there are like a bunch of probiotics that, that like slather the baby up in the, yeah. in the birth canal. And like, that must have helped her a oh. little bit. I'm sure, I'm sure she would have been totally yeah. perfect and fine if she had been yeah. a C-section, but like, you know, yeah. totally. it's nice to know she had some of that stuff too. It was exactly. Yep. So she got all that stuff. Um, and then, <laughs> and then the recovery was better. Like I didn't know that you could recover from birth, um, because I had a C-section with my first. Um, I didn't know that re recovery. Like I was up and walking around like a couple hours later, um, which was not the case with Gabe, my son. So, um, yeah. So then she was born, and then the scary shit started happening. Sorry. Right. <laughs> oh yeah. No, you can curse. It's okay. Oh good. Okay. It was scary shit. It was scary. It was, yeah, then then it was the scary shit. Um, she had a um, Danielle. I might cry. Hey. <laughs> so I might cry too, Mara. Okay. Yeah. She, yeah she okay. her lung collapsed. Um, that was the scariest thing, on the night she was born. And um, wow. yeah, and we didn't even really know until the next day because they like called us in the middle of the night in the, in the um, like the the recovery floor, 
um, and like said a bunch of medical jargon and they were like, your baby's fine, your baby's fine. And we were like, okay. <laughs> and then at like seven in the morning the next day, we like went to go see her in the NICU and then we were told again what happened and we were like, oh, our, we did not understand that at right. midnight. Like we didn't get what had happened. So that was... Well, she, she, that was so scary. <laughs> um, yeah. and, and just so I, I know, Josh was there? He was able, to, he was able there. to be there. He was able to come. Um, there was no partners allowed on the antepartum floor but then um when you were on labor labor and delivery your partner was was allowed to come so that was a little benefit to all of all of the women that were up there on the on that were like no magnesium but at least we get to see our people (laughs) um yeah half studios i think we have a a, like a a a really good mini series (laughs) just this antepartum floor there's a lot there there. (laughs) well i'm just i'm hearing that and it's been said in other episodes just that wow we really hand our power over to the doctors in such a deep 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 way it doesn't matter like race religion socioeconomic background like we as women all of us are just we, we in our bones believe that someone else knows better that they're in charge and in I mean don't get me wrong as you said the the hospital was incredible but mm-hmm. man yeah. what a crazy experience totally totally I mean and I also think that was definitely happening across the board happening to me again and again where I felt like the medical professionals were um, you know I had to I, I was not allowed to contest anything they say, not even really question what they say. Um, and I was, you know, this was happening, like, I'm, it's not my first kid, it's my second kid, so I was a little bit more empowered as, like, a mom. My first, if this had happened with my first kid, I would have been even more, like, I don't know what's going on, I don't know what the right thing is to do. Um, and also, like, I was arguably at the best hospital in the world for this. Like, like their, their NICU is top of the line. So, um, so, but it was still happening. So, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think, I think it happens. It's not personal. Mm-hmm. Totally. I, I think totally. it's not personal and it's, um, yeah, we got to change that at some That's point. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So Una's born. She's on a different floor than you. She's in the NICU, so that's where the right. preemies are taken care of by, I mean, exactly. really, angel angel yeah. nurses. Not to put any I, words in your mouth if that not, wasn't me. I cannot the, even, I can't even, the, everyone that works in the NICU, the doctors, but especially the nurses, are like, yeah. they're just, the, like, I can't even, they're so good. <laughs> and what they do every day is unbelievable, and I could not emotionally handle it um but they are amazing and i will be forever una had like um a primary like all in this nicu everyone had a primary nurse um so one during the day and one during the night and her two primary nurses will be i mean in my heart forever i love them deeply (laughs) do you keep in touch with them i do sort of yes we um we email and i send them updates about una that must mean so much to them they're amazing people. <laughs> were they the ones who told you about her lung collapsing or was it someone else? They were not. It was um, it was a doctor. And um, and I think that was probably part of the medical jargon um, that when we when we got that phone call in the middle of the night, we didn't understand what was going on. Um, and I also just learned so much about the I mean, we spent we spent I spent all in all, 106 days in the hospital, including my wow. stay in antepartum and then there every day with Una. Um, and, and that was 106 days away from Gabe, your older well, son? I went home to sleep. Um, and they okay. recommended that everybody, especially if you are, um, if you're an extended stay family, um, <laughs> they recommended that you go home to sleep. So we were away from her um, for a few hours every night we didn't sleep that much but um but uh we um 
I didn't see Gabe very much during that time, obviously, because wow. I was there and I was, um, and something I didn't know about, like, just with either of my pregnancies, like my full term one and my regular one, I didn't, and my, um, my premature baby, mm -hmm. I didn't know how much of the early motherhood process is about nursing if you choose to go that Yeah, route. I was going to ask. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so part of having for breast milk is really valuable to, um, to premature okay. babies. Yeah. So part of life in the NICU for a lot of moms is like pumping around the clock like really around the clock, like every hour and a half, every two hours. Um, right. Yeah. So that's draining in its own right. It's draining in its own right. And also, you know, some there's something really special that happens. I mean, pumps are amazing and there are these contraptions mm -hmm. that can suck out breast milk really efficiently, but there really is nothing like a baby and their saliva and like yes. to 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 really pull the nutrients that mm -hmm. they need specifically it's a real beautiful dance mm -hmm. between these like fluids it's it's mm -hmm. it's magnificent mm -hmm. and um usually preemies are too small to have the muscle strength to pull um okay. but on the other and we're very grateful i'm sure for pumps that that exist in general mm -hmm. um but it just, you know, it doesn't pull as hard and or as much, which means that you have to pump more often. Is that right? I mean, it, which is why That's you would exactly have to do an right. hour and a yeah. half every, yeah. every two hours. Or, or right. I'm sure that there are some mothers who like their their milk might not have come in because it was just such a. Mm -hmm. I mean, to have a premature baby in general suggests something's up, you know, and right. and maybe something exactly. had to give. But for you, right. that wasn't the case. For me, that wasn't the case, but it is the case for a lot of moms of preemies. Um, and so NICUs do have donor milk. Um, wow. Usually for the first few weeks, um, all babies get donor milk um, wow. in the beginning. And that is truly amazing. Um, and, and that then, donor milk, oh, sorry. Did that donor oh, yeah. milk, did, does it have colostrum in it, which is like the um, like really fatty, wow. It often does, yeah. Wow. Um, so Where did they, they get it from? They get it from the milk bank and it is, I mean, it's all tested and it's all, um, it's all very, um, th I believe it's pasteurized. Um, yeah, they, they flash pasteurize. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it is a little bit milk. less nutrient rich than it would be if it was just coming directly from a mom to a baby. Um, but it's still like a huge gift to these babies. So it's great. Yeah. Um, okay, go on, go on. Oh, so that's part of NICU life that I think, um, I mean, it's one thing to have your baby in intensive care and, and it's, um, but then on top of it, like f f some of the moms in there with me stopped pumping, um, as soon as they could and a hundred percent respect that because oh, yeah. I had to exclusively pump for both of my kids and there was nothing. I, I just felt like it was so crazy making it was um yeah. and I and I wish that especially for my first that someone had told me like you know it's okay give the kids some formula <laughs> like, it, yeah it and you know what maybe someone did but you know the right. ears are just plugged shut with right perfectionism you know, particularly mm -hmm. with the first but oh, totally I mean you okay. you you, yes. you did good mom you yeah. did good <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah 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 so Una was in there, and then she um, slowly, slowly, slowly got better and better. But it was so slow. It was so, so slow. So like in slow. those in those last like eight weeks of pregnancy, really, you know, it's just a matter of um, gaining weight. Really, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. at thirty six yeah. weeks, which it would be six weeks out from when Una was born, mm -hmm. they would, you know, she would be a full grown baby maybe she'd be five pounds Absolutely. you know um yep. but she would have like gained that weight on the inside and what she was trying mm -hmm. to do was gain it on the outside right and that's exactly right yeah and so <clears throat> after she was born i like dove into this like there's not very much but i did dive into like started reading and listening to anything i could learn about premature babies and um so I read, I can't remember where it's from now, but I did read someone saying like, you know, they're like, 
there is like the if you want to look at this the positive side of it i got to see my baby develop outside wow. of the womb like wow. you they're in their little almost like an incubator and they are developing they're growing in the same way that they would um yeah uh which is pretty incredible I'm just like watching you like wipe a tear away and I'm wondering if it's because like seeing a baby in an incubator is hard. I saw my my niece in an incubator. She was seven pounds and still like mm-hmm. it was just mm-hmm. hard. Oh, so hard. So, yeah. so hard. And you can't really touch them. Um, mm. You have to be very careful with their, their skin is so thin. Um, so and they're kind of at first they're covered with this fine hair that they're covered with. Um, on the inside of your, of in, on the inside, um, like, mm. like, Linguno. um, yeah, so they, um, <laughs> they, at first they have, like, this hair all over them, and mm. then there's, and then their, their skin is so thin, you, you have to just be very careful, you can, we can only, in the beginning, we could only hold Una for, like, 45 minutes a day. So. Wow. Yeah. Buddy. It was cool. And yeah. it was skin to skin, right, that they really suggest that. Yeah, yeah totally, yep. And then, yeah. so how did she work up to being held? And did she end up um, breastfeeding, or was was it always a bottle? So, Una, you tried. I know. I know you. Uh, yeah. Yes. Oh, I tried everything. I tried everything. <laughs> everything. Everything. But so so um, yes. Yeah, so as soon as they get bigger, um, I think bigger and a lot has to do with their respiratory health um then you can hold them outside of their um their little bassinet incubator thing um and then um and then after a certain point you can try breastfeeding and so basically all preemies are tube fed um through an ng to um all preemies born that early are tube fed um if you're born closer to 36 weeks um, you can opt, often they come out able to suck and and can have a bottle and swallow. And, then, and swallow yes so um so una was fed through an ng tube um a feeding tube and um and i tried and tried and tried to get her to breastfeed i had um <laughs> meetings with lactation consultants like multiple times a day it was um it was a huge effort but it turns out that Una had like a very, very severe tongue tie. And oh. they claim that she would have had it anyways because right. it developed in the beginning of pregnancy. Yeah. So it was just like a fun addition. Yeah. <laughs> that, um, yeah. So she actually, her tongue tie was so severe that she had to get it operated on once she got out of the NICU. Mm-hmm. Like she had to go under and get it like actually operated on. Oh, I, I, we should pause and let the audience know that a tongue tie is often the reason why... Um, babies are just not as efficient pulling milk from the breast. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's what it sounds like, like your tongue is just a little bit more tethered to the bottom of your mouth. And so like the the tongue can't go back and forth and back and forth to do its job to pull milk. Um, exactly. Yeah, there are lip ties, there are things like that, but usually mm-hmm. babies, you know, that it's a very, very easy procedure. It's a, like a laser that goes zoop, mm-hmm. and you know, you walk out of the, the office and it's no big deal. Of course, yeah. Una girl had like, like other stuff going on. So, you yeah. know, exactly. You know. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Um, it should have just been a laser. No problem. Um, but, um, for, so Una has, has a, um, she had a feeding tube for almost she has a feeding tube. She has a G tube in her belly. Um, mm. She does not use it anymore. But um, but she has been fed through a feed. She was exclusively fed through a feeding tube until she was six months old. Wow. So, so this is kind of like this is actually not typical of babies that are born premature and are in the NICU um, and are otherwise healthy. Um, mm. So that is she's. She's a special unicorn in that way. Um, she, we are so lucky that she did not have any sort of. Um, uh, you can in the NICU, it's really brain bleeds are very. Um, it's like a, a very serious and common thing that happens with premature babies, um, and it can cause some neurological issues um, and other sort of 
reasons why babies are born premature is if, if there is some sort of anatomical issue that was um, not discovered. Babies uh, are so smart. They're like, you know what? If you could yeah. get me on the outside, my mom can help me because she can see what's going on. 100 <laughs> yeah. percent it's true yeah but that wasn't the yeah. case for her but but she had something going on with her with, like swallowing is that what why she with, needed a feeding um, tube? yeah it was really with sucking she couldn't sucking. um she couldn't suck and so mm-hmm. she she's able to swallow um she had like a swallow study and that was all figured out but for so long she had trouble sucking and then one day when she was so, so we had her at home on a feeding tube, um, mm. which was a little bit of, we were really just wanting to like leave the NICU behind and it felt like we had a part of it with us, yeah. <laughs> sort of. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, how did Gabe so, greet, greet her? Your your son, how did he, was he so happy to have you all back home? I could cry just thinking about that. Yeah, <laughs> it was so, it was so, I mean, he's just such a good brother. I, I, um, yeah. I can imagine from what I know from like the internet about Ness, like it's similar, (laughs) just like really happy, really excited. Um, But, you know, also ask like everything that you would do if your if your mom was gone for two days and came home with a new baby, you know, like, when is she going to be a kid? (laughs) When can she chase me around? (laughs) And and it wasn't and it wasn't as deep for him or as like he didn't feel all that extra angst. It was just like his baby. Right. Just, and he called it his wow. baby. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just his baby. Um, yeah. And I mean, I do think he felt us being absent. Um, and that was rough. Thank God we had like really good childcare while we were away. Um, yeah. But so I think us being absent, but he didn't really connect that to the baby. Like he was kind of like, yay, now I have a baby. <laughs> right, right, right. I'm so glad. Yeah. How did you take, how did you take care of yourself during all that time that those 106 days and then i mean the 365 Mm. like since i know i'm I'm, I'm, like never take yeah um so i will just be honest that i did not take care of myself during those 106 days i wish to god that i had um and that i had done like something that now that i'm part of this like kind of preemie world preemie mom Mm. world Mm -hmm. like I, I've learned that people say to preemie moms a lot, like, oh, at least you can sleep while your child's in the hospital. At least like, it's not like having a newborn at home or you have the best child, you have the best babysitters around. They're trying and to be nice. Like, yeah, nice. <laughs> trying to be, I know people have the best of intentions, but it's like, um, I, I saw like a meme recently that was like, you know, the best, like, like something about like the best kind of sleep when your child is in intensive care is wait a second you don't sleep (laughs) (laughs) wow so you really didn't sleep huh really didn't sleep really um really worried but um since then things have gotten easier and easier and um you know thank thank god for karma or whatever una is like a great easy baby um and it actually might be from her days in the NICU because um, they had them on such a such a strict schedule, schedule at the very beginning of their lives. But I don't even want to. I feel like I'm gonna curse myself. But she's an excellent sleeper. Oh, <laughs> so, that's great. Oh, so you got twelve sleep hours. In. Oh, yeah, good. she sleeps seven to seven without waking up. So it's pretty so good. <laughs> I, I cannot say the same for my two and a half year old. Oh, and I can't <laughs> say the same for my four year old. Not at oh, all. Really nice. Okay, great. Yeah. Well. Yeah. <laughs> okay, but back to the really important question and and it is really important like how so you didn't take care of yourself then and which makes a lot of sense and it's I not guess. like we could like go back and be like I should have or I could have or I couldn't I you couldn't right. which yeah. like yeah. let me I, I wish I was in the same room with you so I could wrap my arms around you <laughs> and just say like yeah <laughs> you couldn't yeah. and now and since then is there some <laughs> Like, do you have a support group and a therapist, yeah. I'm sure, right? Really? Yeah. Well, I had a fantastic therapist for a very long time, and then I got too busy. But what is wrong with me? I need to go back to her. <laughs> I mean, well, maybe she you're okay. Said, maybe everything's okay. Maybe, maybe, yes. But, I mean, therapy was very, very necessary. Um, just, like, processing everything that 
had gone down. Um, yeah. And um, and I'm just like so grateful to have had the time to do it. Um, and yeah, and you know, sleep and actually like working for me, um, I, I don't, I don't work full time. I, um, but work like getting back into the classroom and teaching, um, has been huge for me. Um, I think it wouldn't be for everyone, but I just like feel like myself again. I feel like a human and not just a mom, not just a mom, a human who is a mom. Right. So. <laughs> I think I think that is the case for a lot of women that and like you said, not all women, but you know, mm. we think of self care as like bubble baths and massages yeah. and, and don't get me wrong, great. Oh yeah. But I think work, purpose, mm-hmm. community, yeah. I think totally. it's it's totally. like a deep self care action mm-hmm. to get up and teach your class how to write and tell their story. Okay. Totally. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Um, so we're rounding out our time today. I'm I gonna... have just absolutely loved this. I've been listening all along, guys, and Yay. I have learned so much. I've just loved it so much. I have been, I've actually been ripped. Who, which, which episode was it where they call, where someone says we're parents now? It's like the love generation, but like how we're parenting. Yeah, um, Neha. Yeah, and I've been thinking about that so much because I'm like, as I do what my parents did not do, where and say like, you know, how are you feeling <laughs> when you when you just slapped me in the face? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like like feelings were like not at all important, you know, when we were growing up, and they definitely <laughs> no. seemed to be taking yeah. a front seat. I'm I'm so glad. Yeah, I've just um, loved it. Great. I'm so glad. I'm just, it's such an honor to have you. I, I've missed you these 20 years. I miss you. I hope we, I, I so hope, you know, we are going to, we're going to drop ourselves down into Brooklyn sometime soon. Yeah. <laughs> Maura, where can we find you and your book? Oh, thank you for asking. Um, so my book is called Baby of the Family, um, and uh, you can find it in all the places that you find novels, <laughs> and, um, and you can find me on Instagram, um, it's just Maura Roosevelt, um, and um, also through my website, which is mauraroosevelt.com. So. Beautiful. Yeah. Thank you for this, and um, if you could give yeah. baby Una a big kiss for me, I have been just like loving her since the second she came earthside <laughs> so much <laughs> you are truly the so, best so thank much. you so much Danielle